Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Simpsons Then and Now. We haven't done this in such a long time. I don't remember how I start this, but I'm Lindsay Wilson, and I'm here with Alex Koontz. Alex, how's it going? I am good. I also have no idea what we used to say. I think you used to give the pitch of the show, which is no longer true, or who knows what we're doing. <laughs> who knows? I felt weird even being like, this is a Simpsons and a now. This is something. Who knows? Yeah. But like, that's the feed that it will drop in for now. It was a show where we linked two episodes by a common theme. I don't know. <laughs> Do you Sorry, remember the you last say? one that we did? We did the Simpsons movie. Mm-hmm. Do you remember and what then... we did before then? Honestly, I have no idea. I think we had talked about we were next supposed to do like Lisa's first word or something. Yeah, it was going to be like an old bring one. Ourself to do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you heard me talking about this on Rob as a podcast, but I was like, currently it's like Simpsons then and then. Yeah, <laughs> we are not talking about anything right now. Simpsons sometime. Simpsons at one point. That's uh, doesn't have as much of a ring to it. Let's see. We did You Only Move Twice and At Long Last Leave. That was the last one we wow. did was Hank Scorpio. That's wild. Wow. And that killed the podcast. That killed the podcast. Last <laughs> regular episode, June 13th, 2021. I can't believe that. We're almost a year out. Yeah. And wait, what was the what was the modern one? At Long Last Leave, which I think was the one maybe they like got kicked out of town or something and we were like this is like the Simpsons movie. Yes, and they were at a they went to like a RV park or like living in trailers. Yeah, I don't know. There were like I want to say that Maggie became like a feral child at one point. Sure, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and then Marge was like we have to go back home, but then she tried to go back home and then the town got mad at her so she was like I'm leaving. Right. I don't know and what then the we point com- of that was. We complained <laughs> that it was about the- it was similar to the Simpsons movie and we mm-hmm. also probably complained or if we didn't complain my my complaint <laughs> now is that there's that episode where they move towns which or they move the entire town because of the garbage or something. It also sounds a little yes. too similar to that. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we have a lot of complaints. Yeah. We're back. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> We're just going to complain about this show that ever that all of our listeners love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly right. Yeah. So what are we here to do today, Alex? So we wanted to just do something. We didn't know what to do. So part of this, I think, we'll be discussing what could we do moving forward? What pace do we want to go moving forward? Maybe we just want to continue to do like random episodes every six months, which is totally <laughs> fine. But maybe we can also figure something else out. So I'm sure we'll discuss some of that today. And then on top of that, we also watched the pilot of Futurama because we said, uh, maybe we want to do Futurama stuff. Yes. Futurama was fun. I liked watching that episode. It was nice to only watch one episode. Totally. Um, yes. Very nice to watch only one thing. And yeah. obviously within the last, I don't know, when did we hear that Futurama is coming back? That was within the last oh, six yeah. months or something. Yeah, I have not. I, I suppose we can get right into it. I watched the, I love Futurama. I watched it in high school. I really have never gone back to to watch it at all. And I think I watched the first couple of episodes of like the first Comedy Central reboot in right. 2013 or around then. And I know that there have yeah. been many reboots since then. And what, another reboot is coming up. But yeah, I've I've not watched any of the like super modern Futurama stuff. Yeah, it strikes me as a bit strange that people are really excited that there's a Futurama reboot happening where it's like, we've done this already and it wasn't that good. So I'm not sure why people are excited. It is cool that they've got the whole cast coming back, but like, it's very odd to me. I have often said that there were a few shows that I had on DVD during my undergrad years and those I just watched on repeat. So I'm pretty sure they comprised (laughs) Friends, Futurama, and Arrested Development, and I just cycled through those on repeat over and over again, and so those are probably the shows, apart from The Simpsons, that I can quote the most consistently, and so I've seen the first five seasons of Futurama, or six, or whatever it was, the first run of Futurama, dozens of times. (laughs) Did you take your DVDs with you to undergrad, or or was this, like, at home, and you would, like, during breaks, you'd come back and then, like, binge Futurama? Oh, no, I definitely had them at school with me. I think, I think I maybe got Friends for Christmas... Maybe the year before I left for school and then Futurama, I had gathered a couple of seasons and then I like rounded it out once I was in school. But like those first few seasons, I would just like cycle through them over and over again. I also had Will and Grace on DVD. watched a lot wow. of that as well. Yeah. Well, let's make this a Will and Grace podcast. Can you <laughs> Will imagine? and Grace then and now they, re- they rebooted it, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's over too. <laughs> I don't think that really went anywhere. I was very big into it. I don't think it holds up that well, but it the reboot really didn't go anywhere. <laughs> Did you watch the reboot? Not at all. No. I think I, at one point, was like, oh, I should check out one episode of this. I was like, oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't care for this. 
Yeah, no. One thing I liked about it was that the series finale was one of those, like, let's jump 10 years into the future and see everyone old. And then, like, another 10 years into the future, here they are again. And so to the point where they were all, like, old and, like, their children were going off to school and stuff. And when they rebooted it for whatever that was a few years back, they were like, Remember, like, like I dreamed that you like oh, had wow. a child so and our kids went to school. <laughs> completely, <laughs> completely retconned it. They cut out both Will and Grace's spouses from it. Yeah. Cut out their children. Like yeah. they were just like, yeah, completely started over. Which, yeah. like, uh, spoiler alert for the final season of Will and Grace, I guess. But like, <laughs> Grace was pregnant for much of that season. So they just okay. like cut all that. Yeah, like that's so that weird. was all a dream. It was all a dream. Yeah. yeah. So they completely retconned it. Very silly. Well, we talked about doing Parks and Rec, too, because that's another show that mm-hmm. I love. Probably, I, I mean, I kind of forget how much I enjoyed Futurama. And it was interesting watching the pilot and seeing, like, the seeds of the humor that I really love in Futurama. And we can talk yeah. about all that. But I always put Parks and Rec and The Simpsons as, like, my favorite comedies. And Parks and Rec does the same time jump thing for, for its yes. last couple of episodes, too. So Yeah. Yeah, like, so Parks and Rec, I consider to be my favorite show i think of all time (laughs) and i think so it's up there and i think the office for a while was in contention then i watched parks and rec and was like no this is even better than the office and then like i discovered schitt's creek and was like maybe this is also better than the (laughs) office i don't know but not (laughs) so there are a lot uh, i feel like the simpsons has like such a such a unique place (laughs) totally the simpsons the problem is that there's such a like small chunk of the show now that sure. I'm like, yeah, I love these like five seasons. Sure. <laughs> it's like up to eight if I'm being generous. And then I'm like, but the other twenty five. Yeah, <laughs> like, I've never watched that I actively dislike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. Ambivalent is like even too generous. Yeah. So maybe the Simpsons uh, yeah. needs to do a Futurama and go away for a bit and then be rebooted. And come back worse. Yeah. yeah. I <laughs> I watched, so first of all, I've seen all of the episodes. I had a brief moment where I was hanging out with this guy who was like, I can't just like start a show and not finish it. And I was like, no, but you can though. Like you don't have to watch all this extra Futurama. Like you can just watch the good stuff. And he was like, no, like I need to watch all of it. And so he downloaded like all the bad seasons too. And I watched all of those and was like, yeah, no, this is not good. There are some moments that are okay. And like they had a couple, it's the same as the Simpsons, right? Like uh, even a broken clock is right twice a day. But it's like, and then I watched all the movies those are also trash i've heard the movies are trash i've not heard the like and maybe it's just because we are more tapped into this or that i am more tapped into the simpsons and like you know that everyone says modern simpsons has lost it i never really heard that about futurama and so it's interesting to hear that there are some like real trash episodes i just assumed that it was all fine and like nobody loved it and nobody really hated it but, uh, yeah, I think I think a lot of the new stuff you could probably frame that way. There are definitely some that I was like, this is actively bad. Yeah. But I also think it didn't, Futurama, I don't think, has the same legacy, or I don't think it had the high highs of classic Simpsons, or it isn't considered to have the same high highs, even though maybe yeah. you could make the argument that it does. And then at the same time, like, I think the fall doesn't seem as dramatic. And people just, like, don't care as much about Futurama as they did about Classic Simpsons. They care about the reboots. They get very excited when the reboots are announced. Uh, Maybe this is, like, the Will and Grace problem of, like, oh, it's it's (laughs) coming back. And then, like, literally nobody watched. Well, yeah. I mean, it's that whole thing of, like, there is no new IP. It's just we're rebooting all the stuff from the early 2000s. (laughs) So, yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, I definitely was baffled to see that it was coming back again and also that initially they were like and bender won't be there and i was like what (laughs) why bother yeah (laughs) so yeah but he's back but that was like a contract holdout right where he was or that's the that's the public opinion that he was just holding out to get like the entire cast more money yeah that sounds right yeah but yeah yeah so i don't know do you want to start with uh talking through this pilot or yeah let's go ahead and do that Sweet. All right. So yeah, it was really fun to revisit this. I almost didn't even bother to rewatch it because I think I rewatched it pretty <laughs> recently where I was like, oh man, I'm going to watch Futurama again. But I watched it and it was very fun. I'm glad I did. I do think that this episode does a good job of setting everything up very well as far as pilots go. I think sometimes it can be a little hit or miss, but this is like, we're in it right away. It was super interesting to compare it to the Simpsons pilot where, yes. <laughs> I mean, I think the I think the number one thing that felt interesting about this pilot was that there is basically three and a half of the main cast is in it. And mm-hmm. I don't know, how big does the main cast 
get to. I mean, we're missing Zoidberg, we're missing Hermes, we're missing mm-hmm. other Amy. Other, um, Amy. And so, yeah, very interesting that it's all Fry, Leela, and then a, a lot of Bender, I guess. I mean, Bender is properly introduced. And then, yeah. yeah, that's about it for like the majority of the episode, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, the professor comes in by the last like three minutes or something <laughs> can so, you think of another yeah. show that does that of like doesn't introduce its main cast in the in the pilot not really so over on bojack Horsepod, we just talked about the pilot to arrested development and that was one that i said did a remarkably good job and especially like having a narrator do a voiceover in there where you're like right. this is michael blue it's like this is a sister Lindsay. like this is yeah, I think it's hard to do something as effectively as that, but I can't think off the top of shows that like, like I'm thinking Parks and Rec, like that introduces everyone pretty effectively. Yeah. The Office does a reasonably good job. Like they they're gonna build out the supporting cast more over episodes right. to come, but like you definitely it, get like your main people. And maybe I I don't know. Do you think Futurama has a stronger narrative arc compared to some of those shows, especially in in the early days where it's like. I don't know if this is the case or not, because I, I haven't seen it in forever, but my perception was always there's like a little bit more of overarching storylines, whether it's Fry and Leela or Fry has become the delivery boy now. And like mm-hmm. the next episode, he's going to do his first delivery as opposed to just like yeah. we're entering random day in the office day one. Like um, I think that's sort of true where especially like Fry and Leela stuff, they will do some callbacks, but I do think that it's pretty easy to just jump in wherever i think over time you start getting like amy and kiff becomes a storyline at one point like we start mm-hmm. seeing like zap brannigan stuff in there but like i do think that it for the most part stays pretty like you can jump in wherever you want i think it's actually probably maybe fair to say that by i feel like the numbering of the seasons is so weird for the show so i'm not right. really sure about like by the, <laughs> by say season three or something like they start getting a bit more like story arcs in place yeah yeah, or or just interesting that we are truly starting at the start of this Fry story. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the case for The Simpsons. That's not the case for The Office or Parks and Rec yeah. or any of these other comedies. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, and so, I mean, just to talk through kind of the overall story, we can jump into it sort of point by point, maybe not in excruciating detail, <laughs> but like, yeah, we open up on Fry. It's December 31st, 1999, and his life is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you, uh, yeah. December thirty first, nineteen ninety nine? I remember being confused about what the Y two K bug was. I remember the yes. the plushy stuffed animal like insects was a very confusing thing for like a ten year old. Where it was <laughs> like, I know something is happening and people are concerned about something, but is it like a literal swarm of insects that is going to get <laughs> us? Is it like? Why are the computers going to fall apart? So I, I remember being mostly confused and I guess probably slightly relieved that nothing happened, but I never knew what was happening to begin with. So, yeah, I know on your rag about they talked about Y2K and it was like they were like, yeah, for some reason, everyone just thought that all of a sudden all of the computers were just going to like <laughs> explode or something like yeah. they were going to be like. But I think the funniest thing they said in that episode is that the computers were going to be like, oh, God, it's the year 1900 and I haven't been invented yet. <laughs> well, well, this is also a you know that this era, I, I think people are concerned that this is a real problem coming up when like the hexadecimal encoding of years or the binary encoding of years flips back over to zero, zero, zero. And I think that that's like coming up and like. Maybe I just, like, understand what the issue is more now, but it seems like it's going to be a real problem that's going to screw everything up. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently there was very little that actually happened as a problem in Y2K. There were a few things, I guess, that had, like, minor glitches, but, like, the computers definitely didn't, like, just that that really killed me, this idea of, like, all the computers are going to be like, I haven't up. been invented and I shouldn't be, like, <laughs> right. I shouldn't exist. Right. <laughs> they would all just like, and like planes were going to fall out of the sky and stuff. And like, this is a legitimate concern at the time. But like, I don't know. I was nine at the time. I think you were also. Yeah. <laughs> you were eight. Yeah. Yeah. I was born in 91. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Nine, something like that. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I obviously was not super tapped in. I have no memories of like Millennium New Year's Eve. Like, I don't remember any of that. So, right. So I, I just Googled it. The new Y2K is the year 2038 problem. And that's when all the binary uh, year representations are going to run out of space. And so 
I believe the concern is, yeah, not, I shouldn't be, uh, it's not like an existential <laughs> crisis of the of the machines, but like any database that is like, you know, delete anything or, you know, like don't let anyone log in if they're, if they're not born yet. Now, like they're all not going to be born or something like that. I see. Right. <laughs> Hopefully they can figure that out in the next like 20 or 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty um, funny. Do you have any, this is very similar to my classic question of tell me about your worst, worst Christmas, which actually led to the goldmine <laughs> of you like toiling in the fields. Do you have any yeah. iconically terrible and depressing New Year's Eves or any iconically amazing New Year's Eves? I, I, I don't want to say iconic, but maybe classically Lindsay in the sense that I can remember it. The one that stands out to me the most is probably New Year's Eve 2009. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Where, so... In high school? No, just freshly out of high school. Okay. So I graduated in 2008. So this was like, I had come back from my first year of university. And so yeah, we were like going into 2009. Brought your and DVDs back home, yeah. Brought my DVDs <laughs> home so that I wouldn't be parted from Futurama <laughs> for even a single moment. And <laughs> I so... I didn't start drinking until I was 27 years old. Wow. <laughs> like okay. Had, yeah. <laughs> so I had this like very bizarre relationship where, with alcohol where I was like, you either like don't drink at all or you have a drinking problem. Sure. <laughs> so I was like, no, I'm not going to touch this stuff. So and to this day, I have a very serious thing about like, I don't want to be around people who might throw up. And so I'm not into that. Don't like okay. when people are super drunk. And you have a party when you are in university you're going to be around lots of people who are binge drinking. And so sure. I was like at this party where the guy I was dating at the time, he was like, yeah, I'm just going to like have a party for New Year's and like just tell people to invite whoever. And I was like, don't tell people to invite whoever. That is how you end up with like 150 people in your house. Right. And he was like, no, no, like it's not an open house. Like people will understand. I was like, no, they won't. Yeah. Literally, he ends up with 150 people in his house. He had just like a normal sized house. And I'm just like walking around seeing all these like high school children like absolutely wasted yeah. and i spent most of the night distributing garbage bags just in case and not one single person threw up but i was like just in case i'm going to prevent this from happening had a terrible night <laughs> were you able to hold this over this guy of like i was right you were so incredibly wrong like yeah i feel like i probably like to this day i'm like i was right yeah <laughs> <laughs> you buffoon <laughs> yeah. yeah so what about you <laughs> i i had a great extremely depressing new year's in new york where I was like going through relationship troubles or something like a very I was very much caught up in all my feelings and I was like my friends were out of town there was like one friend that was in town and we like found she she had someone uh, she had like friends uh, that were like throwing a small party we knew we kind of knew them we went to that whatever she was also like a little bit in her feels about her relationship <laughs> and so she wasn't having a great time and so we both decided to like we were like weren't really having fun at the party and so we both just like depressingly decided to like okay we're just gonna like leave and go back home and so we left the party we we parted ways and so as the clock was striking midnight i was like on a sad subway ride home uh to my apartment <laughs> and there was like three other people like in the subway car with me there was like one couple who was like kind of cuddly at the end of the <laughs> at the end of the car there was like another guy kind of like kitty corner from me and the the train conductor came on and like in super garbled like new york <laughs> train uh, speak train speak he was like happy new year <laughs> like uh, <laughs> and then the the other sad man across from me just like gave me a thumbs up and oh, it was no. like the, the saddest <laughs> most lonely new year's uh. eve ever so. That's so bad. Yeah, true. You spent much of your life in New York. Did you ever do any like nonsense? Like I've heard that these people who go to Times Square have to like wear diapers because you have to be there like all day. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge New Year's Eve person to begin with. So I've never done Times mm. Square. I've, I think they're like very fancy, you know, like New Year's at this club where you have to pay, you know, $300 to like get in and do that kind of stuff. Yeah. I've never done like anything like that. So yeah, uh, no. Yeah, I guess being, at least I'm alone on the subway and like people aren't throwing up around me. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yes, so Fry's delivering a pizza. He takes it to the applied cryogenics place. And when he gets there, he realizes that the pizza was intended to be delivered to the extremely iconic Icy Wiener. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he just sits there and uh, drinks a beer. Yeah, I think this was, to me, Futurama 
tops the Simpsons maybe in terms of like sign humor or like mm-hmm. background jokes in the in the scenery or whatever. And so I I like that the applied cryogenics had no power, power failures since 1997, which seems yes. seems like something that a cryogenics uh, company should be on top of. Yes, like it's only been two years. Like that's not yeah. a lot of time. <laughs> would you ever Do cryogenically you... freeze yourself? <laughs> would I ever cryogenically freeze myself? I think depends on the current state of loved ones. If I'm if mm. I'm like in if I'm in depressed 2018 New York, Alex. I mean, it's very similar to Fry. It's like, oh, if I have like nothing to live for, then uh, yeah, why not uh, see what's going see on? See if we the... can open up on something better. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, I think it's also you know no matter where you go, there you are. Like, I'm sure that mm. I would arrive in the year 3000 and be like, well, this is a fresh start, but I'm still the same person <laughs> that, uh, yeah. that has all my <laughs> issues from before. Um, I still brought me to the, to the whatever, 31st century. <laughs> yeah, which maybe, I mean, yeah. I guess we'll see if that's if that's what happens with Fry, with him, like, confronting all of his issues that he had all in the, in the 2000s. Yes, exactly. Yes. So yeah, so Fry is sitting there, gets knocked into the cryogenic tube thing, and mm-hmm. is frozen for a thousand years. Apparently no power failures, even though the world keeps getting like destroyed and rebuilt all around him. Yeah, this this scene has like deep Futurama lore, right? There's like a lot of time travel back to this scene. The mm-hmm. I remember an episode where Nibbler like is the guy that pushes the chair. Yeah. What do you what do you think of like Futurama doing the self-referential like time travel uh going back to previous episodes and changing the canon like Yeah, I think it's okay, especially that scene. I think that it works in that they don't actually change anything meaningful. You're not like, oh, like, what? You have completely retconned it. It's like, oh, Nibbler was there the whole time. Like, I think it's kind of fun. And yeah, I don't know. I I think, like, the idea of Fry being, like, the chosen one is, like, a bit (laughs) silly, maybe. But, like... yeah. As opposed to him just like falling in by accident and like this is just what happens that you're just a guy. I think that's often more satisfying. And I think especially now that's kind of where we're at with narratives where we don't we kind of want people to be normal. Like it's the last Jedi of it all. Right. Or like Rise of Skywalker where we're like, oh, why does everyone have to be someone? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I I really like I mean. That kind of thing is what makes me say Futurama is more, I mean, I guess, obviously self-referential, but has more of a plot where it's like The Simpsons basically never does anything like that. Maybe there's yeah. a throwaway line about Armin Taz- Tamzarian. Tamzarian. <laughs> yeah, all right. Maybe there's a throwaway line there. Maybe there's like mm-hmm. Patty Selma will reference it, reference their many divorces and marriages and stuff. There's really nothing that that self-referential. And so, yeah, I like it a lot. I like that Futurama will do things like that and like know its own history. I think that's a good, yeah, that's definitely a good point. And I think we'll see stuff like this along the way of like, I think even this guy of like, welcome to the world of tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that guy shows up in the one, I think it's like maybe two episodes now, maybe even the next episode where they like invite people to come to their housewarming. And they're yeah. like, welcome to the world of tomorrow. Oh man, like, uh, this, is, this is actually making me excited to like go watch the other episodes. Cause yeah, I truly yeah. have not seen them in 10 years. Yeah, it's very fun. I tried to get Cam into Futurama for a hot minute and should have known better, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun for me. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe better than the, that's a better outcome than let me download all of the new seasons and I have to be a completionist. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, true. We just like watched a few and I had to be disappointed that he didn't want to continue. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but Fry runs into Leela here. She's going to assign him to his fate. Like, Come, your destiny awaits. <laughs> so good. And Leela's just got this giant eye. Uh, yeah, I love a little bit of like introduction to Fry humor of Leela saying, uh, or Fry saying, can I ask you a question? And she says, mm-hmm. as long as it's not about an eye. And then he, uh, Fry says, what's with the eye? Right? Of yeah. yeah, no, that was my favorite part too, where he's like, can I ask you a question? Like, is it about my eye? Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> like... What's, with, What's the with the eye? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the sort of really, really tickles me. And that, that I think has big Simpson energy too. Yeah, there's something about, mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of like that Swedish naivety uh, that mm-hmm. I think early Homer would have where Fry's like dumb, but in an endearing way, like a little bit mean-spirited, I guess, like, but not in a, a way that makes you frustrated with him. And and I think we see that too when we, like, just to jump ahead a little bit, when we see that Leela gets stuck in the tube and he's like, have a good thousand years, and then he, like, turns it down to five minutes because he's just yeah. like, this woman is, like, out to get me, but, like, I don't want to ruin her life. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So we also discover that Fry has, like, a living great-great-great-great-great-great-nephew. Yes, I really liked the, as Fry is running away, the tube system. Mm. Fry takes the, like, crosstown tube, yes. 
which would be very nice to have in New York. <laughs> yes, I believe that. Yeah, uh, Leela basically says like, oh, this like scan revealed that you should be a delivery boy and Fry's really disappointed because he's like, no, I wanted like a fresh start and runs away from Leela and takes the Crosstown Express, <laughs> yeah, as you said. Yeah, the uh, the punishment for disobeying your career assignment, uh, I guess, is being fired out of a, a cannon into the sun. Yeah. <laughs> that was very funny. Yeah. He's like, what if I refuse? Like, well, then you'll be fired. He's like, great. He's like, in, out of a cannon into the sun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also did like the line where she's trying to like stab Fry with this career chip and she's like, hold still, damn it. I don't have good depth perception. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Already great. starting with the eye jokes. What's the name of the actress? Yeah. I know that she is beloved. Katie Siegel. Katie Siegel. Katie Siegel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, who at the time, because like my childhood is like so fraught in terms of the stuff that I consumed media wise, I was like, ah, yes, Peg from Married with Children. (laughs) Oh, no. As like a 10 year old, like starting to watch the show, I was like, oh, it's Peg. Is that Peg? (laughs) (laughs) No, Peg. Uh, Uh, I know her from, of course, The Great Lost of, Mm -hmm. she is Helen, John Locke's Mm -hmm. wife, girlfriend, and then what what are her other big roles? I feel like she has another huge one. Yeah, and she... she Sons of Anarchy, I think. She's known for playing Peg Bundy. (laughs) (laughs) Eight Simple Rules, she's on Sons of Anarchy, Shameless, The Connors. Yeah. Plus, she's got like an incredible singing voice. Interesting that she feels like someone that is a real actress outside of the voice acting community, Mm -hmm. which I feel like is kind of rare for these animated 30-minute comedies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, agreed. She definitely has more of a career than just, like, voice work. She was in Pitch Perfect 2 as, like, someone's mom, (laughs) where, like, one of the girls is, like, trying to be in the acapella band, and she, like, was formerly part of the group and has an incredible singing voice. What else was she in? I feel like, oh, Smart House. (laughs) What is that? I was that like Disney original where there was like the house that was basically like uh oh, remember yes. when they had like the Hal house? <laughs> it's like same idea. That's exactly what I thought of. Yeah, the trio support. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. She's Jake's mom. Okay. Do you also love Brooklyn Nine Nine? I feel like I, I do. Isn't it cop propaganda? Uh, would is is that propaganda? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It. Definitely, it's propaganda. Lots of being like, we're the good guys. And like, they go out of their way. One of the things I've noticed on, like, I haven't rewatched it in a while, for obvious reasons, but I remember watching it probably in like, maybe like 2019 or something and being like, they really go out of their way to never have the gun fired by the squad. Like, they will often be holding guns, but they never fire the guns. And like, you see them get shot at quite often, but like, they themselves never seem to shoot people, which I thought was kind of interesting. One thing about it, obviously, is they have like an impressive, like, amount of diversity in the cast, which is fun for one of these like NBC shows. I think some of it still holds up okay, but I think you do have to set aside like this is blatant, like, propaganda TV. And (laughs) yeah, but I think there's there are definitely things about it that hold up. And like, they toward the end, I know their last season, they were like, it's time to retire this show because like, it's time this anymore. Yeah. (laughs) But I think even prior to 2020, they had done a good amount of starting to delve into difficult topics where like, there's an episode where Terry is like, a lieutenant at this point and he's just like walking around and they're like oh what are you doing in this neighborhood and he gets arrested and they have to like contend with the fact that he only gets off because he's a cop and then he like sure is challenging the system i wonder i mean it makes me think about how often we com- complained about chief wiggum and the mm-hmm. cops and obviously they've changed so they changed lou to be voiced by an actual black actor right but i mm-hmm. wonder if yeah they've done any is it lou or is it eddie I think it's Lou. It's Lou, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they've done any sort of like actual attempt at the Springfield Police Department is actually a police department and let's just let's not have them just be like these cartoon characters. Yeah. Well, I know like you and I talked about that quite a bit and obviously the timing of it was like it was all quite topical and I think probably drew our attention to it a bit more but it feels to me like we had that conversation so many times where it just stood out so much where it was like chief wiggum being like look a child let me like fire at him like (laughs) so many times where they're like he's like pulling guns on like bart and then like on the kids when they're like it was that one where they're children of the corn or whatever like right all of this like yeah i don't know it definitely stood out a lot in our watching any thoughts on the cops in futurama because that's actually like one of the i know that these two cops or at least the robot cop is kind of a recurring character right he's a recurring character in the sense that anyone in the town of springfield is a recurring character where he'll show up again and again any thoughts on yeah futurama cops 
Yeah, I don't have a ton of thoughts. I know that they do appear quite frequently. I would be curious to know. I know they have the like robot cop. I'd be interested to know like how that ends up holding up because I think that they give him kind of like a stereotypically black way of speaking and whatever. And I don't even know if it's like a black actor even like. I was curious about that as well. And then also I think that they are parodying RoboCop. And so, like, how that fits in with the with the way that Futurama is doing it, whereas, okay, is original RoboCop doing the same thing where that RoboCop is, like, or is that something that Futurama took? Yeah, uh, I'm just looking up, oh, his name is URL, <laughs> <laughs> pronounced Earl. <laughs> okay, <That's funny>. fair. <laughs> Voiced by Joe DiMaggio, who is uh, Bender. Yeah, interesting. I think... I think if we do this, it will be interesting to kind of track both characters like that and then Zap, who is like, that's that's the character's name, right? Zap Brannigan. Zap Brannigan, yeah. Who is like a Captain Kirk parody, but the character itself is going to be like super sexist and over the top. And so I think it'll be interesting to see characters like that that are parodying another pro- property, but <laughs> it has been so long. Like, I wonder what percentage of new Futurama viewers know that Zap is like a Captain Kirk parody or that RoboCop is a RoboCop parody. This says, I was just looking at the like behind the scenes stuff on Earl. (laughs) It's Mm kind of funny they call him Earl, but like his style of speech is reminiscent of those in 1970s blaxploitation films. So I think it's compelling that they have that in there. Yeah, and and just in general, having these characters that are a little bit more taboo than anything The Simpsons Mm -hmm. does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. So Bry, in this moment, he thinks he sees a phone booth, and in fact, it is a suicide booth. And he goes in there and is like trying to call his nephew. And Bender's like, "All right, this is taking too long. Let's just like try to have it kill us both at the same time." Yeah, just a, a thing on the streets of New York that people are like uh, actively, actively entering. I wonder what happened to that. Twenty five cents. Of Bry. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I liked the the message that was played after the presumed suicide of you are now dead you are now uh, dead yeah thank you for using stop and drop <laughs> yeah yeah very good and i love that this is how we meet better where he's like uh he, he drops his like uh bite my shiny metal ass like doesn't yeah. look so shiny to me like shinier than yours meat bag <laughs> <laughs> i love bender in this episode for his love of bending things like i I, I kind of find i don't love bite my shiny metal ass i don't love bender's like Mm -hmm. tons of drinking problems like none of that stuff is ever that funny but i do love when bender is proud of his work and is like super proud whenever he successfully (laughs) bends something and is like maybe it's a little bit like homer where it's like he can be yeah so like joyful over his over the dumb things that he does yeah yeah and like just to jump ahead they after they don't die, they end up going to a bar and Bender's explaining why he wanted to die, which is that he discovered that he was like bending girders that would be used in suicide booths. <laughs> yeah. And to your point, I thought it was so funny when he's like, I could bend a girder to any angle, 30 degrees, 32, you name it, 31. 31. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. yeah, it's really good. And this is the moment where Leela has now gotten out of her tube and she tracks them down and then they run into like the head museum, which we will also see quite a bit over the course of the show. Yeah. Leonard Nimoy in the head museum. Is that actually Leonard Nimoy? Do you know? I believe so. Yes. Wow. That's awesome. So yes. they were able to get him like right away. It took Simpsons until monorail. True. Yeah. <laughs> yes. A voice by himself. Yes. So wow. very cool. Yeah. And I, we obviously get the very gentle comedy of like Leela's code number is like 1BDI. 1BDI, <laughs> I say. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I miss that. Gentle comedy. Yeah. yeah. And like, yeah. So Fry encounters like Leonard Nimoy's head. He's like, do the thing. He's like, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think it, I think Fry holds up the the uh, live long and prosper as well. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. So, yeah. Leonard Nimoy's quite uh, a life of quiet dignity, and then gets fed <laughs> like a fish in an aquarium. Yeah, he's like nibbling at the fish food. It's so good. Yeah. So yeah. So the cops come and start beating up Fry and Bender, and this is the first time that we're going to see Leela being just like a total badass, where she beats these guys up. Also, first first uh, sighting of the Nixon head, which I know uh, yes. comes up quite often. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's like biting fry. <laughs> yeah. What yeah, did you make of? Good. They said you got to do what you got to do, like mm-hmm. enough times in the episode that it made me think like the writers wanted that to be the moral of the or like some larger thing about this episode. They wanted it to be like the through line through the episode. Do you think that that like tracked or carries through the show in any other way? 
I don't think so. It's just like, so when Fry is initially thawed, he goes to Leela's office, and that was like the motto of the like fate place or whatever. And they were like, everyone has a job to do, and like, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. And it struck me as very like, poster. yeah, it's very like Brave New World or whatever. Like, everyone has a job, and you should just like do the job you were assigned to do. And I don't think it ever really comes back. Yeah. Yeah, it was just it was just interesting that they said it so often in this episode, and mm-hmm. then like dramatic moments where they were like, tr- it felt to me like they were trying to make it a motif. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. This is a cool moment too, where like uh, Bender he gets electrocuted or something, and he's like, now I can like bend whatever I want, and he like opens up the bars to get them out, and I remember so vividly so bender's arms fall off and then there's like it cuts to commercial and then he like puts them back on like you see one hand pick up like the left arm put it on and then like the right one pick up the other one and fry just goes i don't know how you did that and i remember (laughs) seeing that and being like this is incredible like i'm gonna love this show yeah that's that's very funny uh yeah it's just two arms on the floor that somehow reattached i don't know how you did that yeah Yeah. (laughs) i like i like bender's line of what do i look like a d bender yeah (laughs) yeah it's great so they like go down into the sewer and it's where old new york is Mm -hmm. like the ruins of it and bender's like well don't worry like someone you know is here there's leela over there yeah yeah, some like nice references to actual New York. Uh, Fry's first date was at Rockefeller Plaza with the ice skating, and then you'll you see that mm-hmm. that is now like there's a swamp monster in where yeah. the, the ice rink used to be. In this like nasty pond of like seemingly radioactive waste or something. <laughs> yeah, I we skipped over a Bender line that I or it was a Fry line that Fry line that I liked. Of I forget what he's talking about. He's but he says that's what separates people and robots from animals. <laughs> And animal mm-hmm. robots. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really good. He says, like, you can do whatever you want or whatever. Oh, and then yeah. that's when, when Bender's like, yeah, I'm going to, like, bend what I want, when I want, who I want. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. But yeah, so Leela has decided, in fact, she is not going to implant Fry. She's actually going to take out her own career chip. And yeah, she's quitting. Yeah. Good for Leela. So. Yeah. And so they go find Professor Farnsworth and he's like, well, what's happening? Give it, give this like incredible tour, which I think introduces <laughs> us very effectively to the professor where he's like, oh yeah. And like, there's my work stool and like my spaceship. And here's a drawer with assorted lengths of wire. I, lo- I love how proud he is of his wires. He says like, <laughs> yeah. oh, let me show you this one in particular or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well then they're like, whoa, a spaceship. He's like, yes, exactly. I built it myself. Let me show you the different lengths of wire I used. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, and the line, too, where they're like, oh, my God, we have to get out of here. Let's go in the spaceship. And he's like, well, I am already in my pajamas. <laughs> yeah, Leela <laughs> says that she can drive the ship as long as she doesn't have to parallel park. I I very much feel that way, where I'm <laughs> terrified of ever parallel parking. I refuse to do it. I probably, like, live in New York City to, to some degree because I don't have to have a car, and so I don't have to <laughs> drive and parallel park. Probably, like, iconically difficult there to parallel park, I would think. Yeah, it just, I would, I would be so stressed all the time. Are you a parallel parker? Are you? I can parallel park. I prefer not to. There was one time we had guests at our house and one of Cam's friends was like, oh, I like don't know how to parallel park. Can you get Cam? And I was like, he's not here, but don't worry, I'll do it. And I went out, parked her car and then like came inside and told Cam and I was like, that's the second time in my entire life I parallel parked. (laughs) I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) I had no idea if it was going to work out. Yeah. Wow, what what uh microaggressions of like get the man to parallel park? <laughs> I was like, I'll do it. Yeah. It's fine. Like we don't need him. And then I was like, oh, legitimately, like we probably should have had him do it. But I was like, I, I was like, I will not stand for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Alila gets them out of there. They manage to take off at the exact moment that all the New Year's fireworks are going off, so no one sees them. Also, seems like pretty bad that they're like, let's shoot down this ship because <laughs> right. these people quit their jobs. Right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, they decide that they are now going to work for the professor at his delivery company because he has the contents of the space wasp stomach, which contains (laughs) appropriate uh, career chips for all three of them. Yes. I wonder if we, are there any episodes where we visit the space wasps? There is definitely the episode with the space bees. Yes, I recall that one. Very famous episode, which I think it took me a long time to appreciate that episode where it's very weird. We can discuss whether we will one day get to it. Very weird episode. And I think for a long time, I was like, I'm just going to skip this one every single time. Yeah. But there's somebody who, I think it's like Johnny Tuchello's, I think, has done like a countdown of the best episodes. And Mm. also would very much recommend his videos. They're very good. But he did one where he was like, what are the best episodes of Futurama? And the the 
the sting that one is always up there on his list what what i know i specifically remember that episode or i have like vague (laughs) memories of that episode because it was so weird what is the what is the conceit or so the conceit of the episode is that they go and fry like jumps in front of leela and gets stabbed by this like very toxic space bee and he dies and then it's like the whole time leela's like having a breakdown where she can like see fry everywhere and she's like i know he's alive i keep seeing him and she's and everyone's like no but then she has these like weird hallucinations through the whole thing it's like a very bizarre episode nice yeah so that's that's basically the end of the episode (laughs) i i loved watching this i i don't know if we want to keep doing futurama i suppose we can see what people think of this if they want us to keep doing futurama just in our random simpsons feed (laughs) are there any should we do it linearly? Should we do a best of? Should we do something else? Like, what are what are your thoughts at this point? Yeah, I don't know. I think one thing we should probably do is like maybe think about having a new feed. I think the other one <laughs> did not get the uh, not get the traction that it should have. We did just pay for a new year of the Simpsons feed to survive, but I think probably worth creating yeah. a new one if we decide to do this or whatever we decide to do. But I think it could be fun to bounce around a little bit. If we went chronologically, that would also be super fun. But if we didn't want to take on the full series, we could do like some of our favorites i don't know what do you think i think so i think it's nice to have a goal i think (laughs) one of the issues with simpsons then and now is that it because we bounced around it was just an eternal thing to do (laughs) with like no sense of progression or no sense of what the what the goal was so on the one hand i do like the idea of doing something linearly so i guess i would prefer that like are you are you excited to watch episode two episode three like is it is it exciting to watch these episodes that may or may not be good uh i think especially the early ones most of them are good with apologies i'm sure people can hear the like weed whacker outside my window i can't hear it at all <laughs> okay good <laughs> yeah no i i think that's very fair i it sounded to me like every time i would talk about the simpsons on and now people would be like so like are you close to the end and i was like there are like hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of episodes like yeah. even if we do two at a time like we're gonna be doing this for the rest of our lives yeah. so i think that's very fair I, yeah I, I would be interested to hear from people because that is something that i've thought when we have discussed in the, this in the past like we and I have talked before about doing Futurama and I've always wondered like is there an appetite for that I think maybe now is like maybe more so than at previous times if it's coming back but yeah I don't know definitely compelling to do something that is linear as opposed to just random aimless (laughs) yeah 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 so I think I mean I think that that is a good place to start of if people listen to this if they get to the end of it if they want to hear me and Lindsay do something we're certainly interested in Futurama, but yeah, I think like Parks and Rec is on the table. I think like anything interesting is on the table. If someone has a compelling idea that uh, mm-hmm. that both Lindsay and I like, I think we're down to kind of do Will and Grace. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Will and Grace. Uh, what was your What was your show with Peggy? Um, <laughs> married with children. Yeah, married with children. <laughs> uh, I watched like a, a couple weeks ago. I watched a, like a two and a half hour video essay on Cheers, so I know the whole plot wow. of Cheers now. Uh, True. What's the season <laughs> that you have on DVD? Season three. Season, four, season three or season four? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could just do that. We, we just do, watched we that do one. Season four of Cheers. Did you have any ideas of other stuff that you that you'd be interested in doing? Yeah, really anything. I don't have any specific ideas. I do think that it would be cool to find something that people would be excited about. I think that was something that we struggled a bit with with Simpsons on and now was just like finding like a niche a little bit yeah. where I, I do think like I maintain I think Simpsons on and now was like a good idea. It just like couldn't. I don't know. We just didn't find a home for it, really. So, right. yeah, I don't know. I think if people have ideas, I'd love to hear them. Maybe you're right. Uh, so I was going to say, I think Futurama is more niche than The Simpsons, but maybe you're right that there's appetite for it. If the reboot is coming, we can like get some attention based off of that. My idea, which I think that you're going to hate, you're going to hate because it involves watching more, a larger quantity of things. Um, okay. And also it's dumb, but <laughs> um, so my big takeaway from The Simpsons then and now is that it doesn't take a lot of effort to become an expert in something where it's like you and I are just like two random people that have watched a lot of the Simpsons and then talked about it. And like our insights probably are not that groundbreaking or revolutionary, <laughs> but somehow we're interviewing Rob Oliver. Like <laughs> you know, somehow we're like, we're now seen as authorities in this space. And so I think that we could like literally do this with anything. And my idea is what if we watch, what if we pick an actor 
And maybe this has already been done. Maybe this is very basic. But what if we pick an actor or an actress and watch their entire filmography? We watch one of their movies every week or every other week or something. And that's why that's why the idea is bad, because it requires watching a movie every week, which is... Well, <laughs> we don't like out. movies. Yeah. I, I don't want to watch two hours of something bad. But, like, I feel like if we watched the entirety of Hugh Jackman's filmography and said hey Hugh we've watched all of your movies and we've talked about every single one of them I feel like we could like get an interview with Hugh Jackman um, <laughs> you think we could get Hugh Jackman I we're do. absolutely I, not getting Hugh Jackman I, I think but who else is doing that who else if who else is watching every single Hugh Jackman movie and talking about them at great depths like I don't even think like nobody is watching them and writing about them right like, yeah, like which is we... less effort than a podcast we watched the Wolverine movie, not just the Logan one. We watched the Wolverine origin movie, I, and it I was terrible. This, I pitched this idea to other people, and I'm like, all right, we're doing the Hugh Jackman movie podcast. Our first movie <laughs> is, God, I forget the name of it. It's some Australian indie movie that's like a rom-com that looks, that looks <laughs> terrible. We're going to have a horrible time discussing it, and the podcast will probably not be good, but it's all about building that, that perceived authority within the community. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. Incidentally, uh, Will and Grace had a truly incredible joke about Hugh Jackman that I always quote every time anyone mentions Hugh Jackman, where they're like, sure. I love Hugh Jackman and his huge Ackman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we love Hugh Jackman. So if there it doesn't have to be Hugh Jackman. And the other thing that I think is good is that it is a finite thing. We'll pick mm-hmm. someone that has a filmography of 30 movies. Some of them are probably good. Some of them are probably bad. About how many are on this Hugh Jackman one? I'm looking right. at his IMDb. <laughs> right. <laughs> Do you think that this is basic? Like, uh, to some degree, it seems very basic of just, like, watching movies. But I can't, I don't know of another thing that is just, like, we are going to become experts in this person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't hate it. I think this is very funny as an idea. I'm just, okay, so I'm looking at what we would have to cover in this hypothetical scenario. Okay, so we'd be watching one episode of Law of the Land. <laughs> are we watching just his movies or his TV shows as Let well? Me, I think we're doing just his movies. And and there's probably like there's probably we probably want some stipulations of like because he's oh I have a one line cameo in Deadpool mm. or whatever right like does right. that count does that not count fair okay so let's say we're just doing movies we'll start with this Paperback Hero from 1999 yes, that, was the, that was the Australian movie that I'm like <laughs> it was telling my friend we gotta go watch Paperback Hero I can't even find it online I don't know how we're gonna do it Erskineville Kings is the next one are you interested and then what is Erskineville Kings. <laughs> And then we jump into X-Men. It was already by week three, we're in X-Men. Which already then, is kind of baffling that Hughes' third movie was X-Men. Truly shocking, honestly. And then like, so then three movies later, we have X2, X-Men United, a film I very much enjoyed back in Great 2003. Movie. Great film. Van Helsing. Did you watch Van Helsing? I did not. Okay, I feel like I was interested. I don't think I actually watched it. I may have. X-Men The Last Stand by 2006. And then, oh, The Prestige. That was a good one. That's a great movie. We're going to get Les Mis, which will be fun. We're going to get Greatest Showman, which will be fun. X-Men Origins. Wolverine. That movie was so bad. I don't know if anyone appreciates how bad that was. Snowflower and the Secret Fan. I didn't know he was in that. I didn't even know that was a movie. The Wolverine. I did actually like that one a lot. That's interesting. Happy Feet. Yeah. Days of Future Past. Doesn't he have like an all-time great movie recently or like in the 2010s? Prisoners. Oh, yeah. I don't know that one. He just did a lengthy, very lengthy run on human resources a few weeks ago where I talked about okay. that on Post Show Recaps, and uh, he was had a very good character in that, where he was the uh, Dante. He was the addiction angel on human okay. resources. Wow. Yep. Maybe we do TV. I'm, I'm interested in Law of the Land, 1994's Law of the Land. <laughs> Man, are there any... Okay, this... <laughs> <laughs> All of these seem so bad. There, he has some good ones, but there are so many that I've never even heard of before. Oh, my God. The Greatest Showman. He was in The Greatest Showman and The Prestige. Yeah, Greatest Showman. Those are very different movies. Greatest Showman is the Barnum and Bailey musical. Oh, yeah. What was the one that was there was The Prestige and something prestige else that was exactly like the same? The Illusionist or something. Or right. Like, I don't know if that's what it's right. actually called, but... Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. celebrates the birth of show business and tells, a vis- tells of a visionary who rose from nothing to create a spectacle that became a worldwide sensation but d- don't you think that if we did this like it's the rob oliver move of like <laughs> like we just tell hugh jackman hey we've talked about your entire career in depth would you like to how did you to land us? on hugh jackman <laughs> i i love hugh jack i i like truly i truly love hugh jackman he's like he's australian he he's he's kind of like a 
he does these big dumb superhero movies which is fun but then he also like i feel like he he learned his acting skills through like all these musicals and like stage presence he's doing it he's doing a broadway show where he's doing he's like the lead in the the music man where he's like dancing and singing and stuff Mm -hmm. uh, which i'm very charmed by he is very charming yeah he's he's the greatest guy oh my god okay i'm just like i'm looking at other options i'm not against (laughs) it Yeah, if there are other actors, and I think I think he was kind of in the sweet spot because again, it says on IMDb he has sixty three credit acting credits. Probably mm-hmm. some of those are TV series, which we maybe skip. Probably some of those are cameos that we could skip. So it's like not a crazy commitment. <laughs> probably silly stuff. There's probably good stuff. There's probably fun action stuff. So that all that all feels like a fit to me. But if there are other mm-hmm. actors that we're interested in doing this with, I'd be I'd be down to brainstorm like other people. I'm not opposed. I would like to hear other people's ideas, people's reactions yeah. to this, if this sounds like a good idea. <laughs> I'm just looking at like shows that I was really into to see if there was anything that we could like try out. Or or like I don't know, sometimes I think about doing one of those shows where it's like one person knows a lot of things and one person knows nothing. Sometimes that's fun. What do you mean? What, do you mean? what is that? Where, where like one person has seen a show like a hundred times and someone else is like just watching it for the first time. Oh god. I mean that's uh, honestly that's pretty close to Futurama where you've seen Futurama a thousand times and I've seen it once. 15 years ago yeah it feels like we probably can't start gilmore girls <laughs> that's never been done where one person has seen gilmore girls and the other yeah, has not very novel yeah <laughs> very novel idea yes i'm not seeing anything obvious to me but <laughs> i would love to hear people's thoughts i'm not opposed to your like let's do an entire filmography right and is that some i i feel like that sounds so basic that i would be shocked if somebody hasn't done this before but i don't know of anything right podcast Hugh Jackman <laughs> the Hugh Jack cast <laughs> okay there's this podcast where they rank the top five Hugh Jackman movies of all five. time five come on it's called high five <laughs> that's actually kind of a cool concept oh, uh, oh doing that for different different actors different actors yeah but that sounds like a lot of work all right well why don't we put it to the people you and I can talk about it further and <laughs> see what jumps out to us as like what our next thing will be yeah Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you don't hate Hugh Jack cast. I think... Uh, I don't. I don't hate it. Okay. <laughs> I am confused by it, but I don't hate it. <laughs> but I think that... So we tell Hugh and he's like, oh, that's a little confusing. Let me like... Let me let me see what this is about. Yeah. I think you're onto something. We may have just given someone an idea for free. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. So we're going to post this in Simpsons then and now. We will... We will try to record again at some point soon after we get some feedback in one form or another. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll be easiest to do. Maybe we'll do a second episode of Futurama in a week or two <laughs> just to get the ball rolling again. But yeah, I guess for for people that are listening, very directionless right now. So you can help, help guide <laughs> us in whatever we do here. Yes, help produce the show. <laughs> yep. You can have a producer credit. Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> Yes, incredible. All right. Well, I think that's good. Alex, is there anywhere, anything you'd like to plug? Anywhere people can find you? No, I got nothing. That's all <laughs> okay. I'm doing. What about you? Yeah, so you can email us. What's our email? Something like Ooh. Simpsons Then Now, something like um, that. pod at gmail.com and then at Simpsons Then Now on Twitter. So let us know what you think. And then you can also find me over on Bojack Horsepod at Bojack Horsepod, where we have 10 weeks left in Bojack wow. Horseman. So check that out if you are interested. You guys are trying to figure out what to do after that too, right? Don't don't steal Hugh Jackcast. <laughs> <laughs> Soliciting feedback in all corners of the internet. So yes. All right. So with that, we will see you sometime. All right. See you, everyone. I waved. Oh,